Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Hey. And we, uh, we've had a couple of nights where uh, our son is not sleeping well. He's been waking up a lot. And um, so we're tired today. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not well rested. Uh-uh. We've been waking up several times. And uh, I think the kids are great. I think he feels great today. We've been outside playing, and he was laughing. I was pretending to eat his fingers, and he was just laughing away. Yesterday, we went to the trampoline park, and I held him while I jumped, and he loved that. Daisy's been a bit whiny today, but all in all, she's having a good time, too. Yeah, she gets her whining from her mom. And, um, you know, so all in all, though, things are good. We're going to, sorry about that. Uh, we're going to do some little rearranging to the podcast area a little later today. So things are absolute wrecking here. And uh, so I was moving around some things just to see what the heck I'm doing. Daisy is making her way in here now. Um, nobody commented on the... Um, fact that daisy made a little cameo on the podcast last week uh you don't have to comment on those things but i thought it was fun and uh i i I hope that someone would notice but i don't know that they did i mean i guess they did and they were like either that was cute or not cute but not worth comment and that's fine you don't have to comment on things but i did remember that just now and uh, where we go, do you want to talk on the podcast? And she goes, no. She has the sweetest voice in the world. Um, she has a sweet voice just like her mom. Yeah. But nobody nobody seemed to take notice or comment on, which I was bringing up. But I have been getting a lot of nice emails from people. A lot of people had great comments for last week's podcast. And we had a pretty fast turnaround on getting a Gene Hackman video out. Um uh, uh, onto uh, onto the internet. I forgot to give credit to my friend Amp Amp Miller. I think it's Ampere Videos. He edits a lot of stuff. He doesn't edit everything, but he does edit a lot of stuff. He does the land videos, and he did that Gene Hackman video. Any of the videos where we cut to a movie or something, Amp is usually involved in that. He's real good at the cutaways. I thought that video was great. Uh, I feel like I'm finally getting some traction on the Gene Hackman video and it's fired me up. I mean, at one point, uh, probably in about 2014, I did a video series on YouTube called Dusty's Dusty Videos or something like that, where it was me commenting on old home videos of mine, which is where I first discovered digging through those home videos where I discovered the uh, the, the video about my do- my dad talking about the frog dying. That's where I first discovered it. And I made a video about it back then, but my videos back then were getting, uh, like zero traction. So I got kind of burned out on doing the home video videos because I was like, well, nobody cares. And maybe still nobody cares, but I think I'm going to try to dig in there and do a few more home video ones. Cause there's some funny home videos out there. I got a video out there, me jumping on the trampoline where I fell through the springs. 
And we always wanted to send that off to America's Funniest Home Videos and try to get Bob Saget to give us $10,000. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then um, and then there was a video uh, where my we put the trampoline by the pool. Like, we're thinking about getting a trampoline for Daisy. Now, I was probably five or six or seven even when we got the trampoline. So much older than Daisy. But, you know, we're thinking about it. And, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, if we get a trampoline, yeah, we need the sides with the nets on it so she can't fall off. And we need the pads around the springs. But my trampoline had none of that. It was straight up springs on the side, no pads over the springs, no covers over the springs, and then exposed metal. And then no way to not fall off. And we never really fell off. Um, we would jump. We had the trampoline at my dad's house. We had it pulled up next to the deck and next to this big black walnut tree. And we would get up in that black walnut tree, jump off onto the trampoline. We would jump off the deck onto the trampoline. There was a limb coming off where you could jump off the deck, grab the limb, and swing out onto the trampoline. We had a, a little swing set from when I was a younger kid set up next to the trampoline. We would get on that and jump off it onto the trampoline. Um, and then we moved the trampoline by the pool. My dad had a pool. When I start talking about all this stuff, people are like, I thought you grew up in a trailer park. And I'm like, yeah, I grew up in a trailer park, but my parents were divorced and my dad lived on a farm. And at his house, we had a lot of stuff. But I would only go up there every other weekend. And then all that stuff I shared with my stepbrothers. So, you know, if there's three, uh, no, that's not the way to do it. If there's 52 weeks in a year, um, I would spend, what would that be? 26 weeks, weekends with my dad. Um, and then let's say add two to, so 52 days a year, roughly. I was at my dad's house roughly uh so I, was, I didn't have a ton of time to enjoy these 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 massive amount of toys i mean it's crazy that rich people compete with each other about how rich they were and poor people are trying to compete with each other how poor they were well that's true that is true if you start talking to them, and that's why i always try to say listen i liked my childhood now i can look back as an adult and go you know that was messed up that was messed up and there were things i didn't like growing up but for the most part i liked my childhood sometimes people will share trailer park stories with me and i'll be like geez that sounds awful mm -hmm. that was not what i was going through mm -hmm. um even some of my own friends will tell me about their lives growing up and i'm like gosh i actually had it pretty good i really think i was protected in a way i think god protected me from from a lot of things my whole life i don't know why but i do feel like he did well, you're always praying to him. Yes. Well, that's true. And, um, but, um, but, you know, so we pulled the trampoline over by the swimming pool at my dad's house and we were jumping off the trampoline into the pool. It was a great day. And then my dad like slipped, hit his shins on the, uh, on the metal on the trampoline and then fell into the pool now he wasn't really hurt but i think it scared him that he was like oh we got to move it and so you know we all had to move it because he couldn't handle it you mm -hmm. know and 
My dad also has a, you know, a pool house uh, built out there. And when I got older, uh, because when I was younger, I would jump off. He had a slide at the pool. I would jump off the slide into the pool. And then when I got older, I would jump off the pool house into the pool. And he'd let you do it. I mean, I don't think he knew for a long time we were jumping off the slide. We would not do that while he was around. And he definitely didn't know we were jumping off the pool house. But I showed him that later. He didn't like it, but. But there was no supervision at the pool? For the most part, no. Oh, okay. Well, that in itself is, you know. Well, the pool probably came, by the time he got a pool, I already knew how to swim. He had already taught me how to swim. So, um, me and my stepbrothers, uh, my step, one stepbrother was a year older than me. And the other stepbrother, I don't know, I'd say he was four years older than us. I mean, he was kind of the supervisor out there. Um, but man, we would play in that pool and on that trampoline so much as kids. Now, I don't know that kids aren't doing that today, but you know, obviously we had no cell phones back then. Phones wasn't even on our mind. You might have a friend or a girlfriend that you talk to a little bit on the phone at night back then, but I mean, they were, phone was not even on our mind. We were like, you know, we were playing out there. I mean, we had a game that we used to play. We, we, each of us would run, and we got so much video of this, where we would run and jump off the diving board, and my dad would throw. It was usually like a rag tied in a knot, and he would throw it, and we would catch it. I mean, hours and hours and hours we did that. It's kind of sad to see my dad's pool now because he still keeps it going, but it's like you know, he got divorced from that lady. So my stepbrothers aren't around. So it's like, you know, if they were still married or, you know, if that was just my mom and those were all my actual brothers, then, you know, we would still be coming to his house. We would be bringing our kids. It would be his grandkids. And we would have this big thing and the pool would still be real active. But, you know, now they're gone I live, you know, far enough away to where I'm like not going, you know, all the time. And rarely do I get to go in the summer to to use the pool. And so it's sad to see, but man, we wore that pool out. I mean, my my stepbrother, my oldest stepbrother, his friends would come over and we would get out there. And, you know, there wasn't a ton of people with the pool. And where my dad lives, there was no public pool and it's hot. So people would come over all the time to go swimming. Like when we had family events, I have so much home videos of like my aunts and uncles being in the pool and my cousins. I mean, it was a real hot spot swimming in that pool. And that game, running off the diving board, catching a rag. I mean, that was our game. Mm -hmm. It was really great that he put that pool in. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really great. Sorry about that. Um I mean, because like the way I, I think about things sometimes, like, you know, some families have a lot of fun stuff like that, like pools and four wheelers. And I'm sure many of them have the money to do it. But then other families, you know, splurge and maybe, um, you know, inappropriately and put and put their money into something like a pool to really give to their family and give to their kids. Now, I don't know which category your dad falls into, but then there's people like my family where uh, 
I, I would assume my family had more money than, uh, say your dad, but they would never spend money on a pool. They would never get us four wheelers. You know, they were real thrifty is a generous term, you know? So it's kind of like some people have the things and then some people don't, but there's all different reasons why you, you do and don't have things. Yeah, I never n- really know how much money my dad had. Yeah. He did not live um, like he was rich, but he did buy a lot of things like that. Like yeah. we had four wheelers, we had a swimming pool, the trampoline, um, and, you know, but, you know, I think my dad did have a bit of money. But when it came time to like school shopping, oh, he became the cheapest man on the planet. He would like, he bought me, I I looked more poor than I needed to look because my dad would not buy me clothes. And my mom, you know, to her credit, I always make fun of how we spend our money, like by going to races and buying WWF events and and pay-per-views and stuff like that. But it's like, she was buying experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and fun things. It's like, yeah, maybe we didn't need to mon- waste our money on going to Talladega. But I remember going to Talladega and it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. What a contradiction, though, of your dad. Like he'll get these kind of big item purchases, but then in kind of more like day to day necessities, he doesn't see it that it's worth it. Yeah, things that could have helped me be cool growing up. Uh, But, you know, I always think about these things and I always think about how I grew up and I'm like, all right, my dad did me no favors by not buying me anything cool growing up. Like I had pretty bad clothing, I would say all the way up until I started to get a job and was able to buy my own clothes. Um, But by then I didn't really care anymore about that. So I, I, I had to get creative with it and I made it work and I created a style on my own. And I think that helped me develop the kind of personality that I have now where I'm like, you know, I have a different style altogether. Mm-hmm. It just in the way I live my life entirely. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily give him credit like, good job, you knew what you were doing. But I think had he not done it like that, you know, I always think about these things sometimes where I'm like, had I just had a normal childhood, my parents stayed married and they just, they, they looked around and they go, okay, this is what the kids are wearing today. Let's get you something comparable so you look good and you can fit in and let's try to give you the most normal life possible. What would I be doing? Would I have just gone to college and then worked a job and have kids that are, you know, about grown by now and maybe even, maybe even I'm close to being a granddad at this point. But I like how my life is. So I, I don't want those things. But if they did go that way, you know, maybe I would like that too. Sliding doors. Mm-hmm. Phone is blowing up now. Um, I don't know what you mean, sliding doors. There's a great movie with Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. called Sliding Doors. And it is the premise of, so she's, there's two realities for her. One where she gets in the subway and carries on with her life. Another where the subway door slides shut in front of her and she misses the subway. And then how her life unfolds because she misses that that subway. 
And I mean, anybody can apply that to their own lives. Oh, I like that. I'd like to see that movie. I bet you would. Yeah, we'll have to add it to the list. You know, um, oh, I like that. Hannah wrote a sketch today that I've not heard, but she told me the premise of, and I'd like to, I'd like to hear about it. Yeah. Not on the pot, but we'll make the sketch. Yeah. But the, um, uh, there's another movie called Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's with Ashton Kutcher and also a famous actress, and I can't think of her name right now. Is it Brittany Murphy? No. It's, uh, she's blonde. She was in several things for a little while, but she's... Alicia Cuthbert? No. Okay. But she was, um, I forget who it was. You could look it up or I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and, um... Tell us about the movie. In the movie, uh, Ashton Kutcher throughout his life would black out at times and forget what was going on. Mm-hmm. Even as a child, he would black out. And so he was having like a really tough childhood dealing with things. And I, I it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. So his therapist had him start making a journal. So he started writing this journal. And then later in life, when he becomes adult, an adult and he starts to read the journal, it teleports him back to the time where he blacked out and now he is living the actual blacked out moment as the child but he has the brain that he has now so he's like an adult in his child in that child's body uh during this blackout session and i've and I think it's really great. But so because of this ability to go back, he's made different decisions here and there in the time travel uh, and it affected his future. So it has all these different futures that he's able to go to with various outcomes. And um, and I think it's pretty wild. I mean, there's some holes in it for sure, um, but it's pretty fun. And I always think about that. I wish that there are moments I can think about where I can vividly remember a situation going down where I felt awkward or felt uh, like I was being, um, I don't know, taken advantage of in a sense that I wish I could go back to now with my mind and like put some people in their place. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, and you know, I don't mean to speak for you, but I feel like you're in a good place in your life. So, you know, would you want to go back and change anything if you're happy with where you're at now? No, I don't think so. That's the right answer. Yeah, because I, you know, I've done, I did a podcast one time about regret, you know, the whole idea of no regrets or people will say that sort of stuff. And it's like, I feel like it's, it's weird to have no regrets but I also think that if you're happy where you're at in your life, um, you know, you can't, you, you can't really regret things in the past because they all sent you to the place you are now. Yeah, I think now that we have the word cringe instead of no regret, I don't think anybody could honestly say no cringe like you haven't done anything cringy in your life. Like I've definitely done Jeez. a few things that are super cringy. Yeah. And I don't know if I regret them, but they're cringy. They're super cringy. Well, that's what I mean, right? Of course you have regrets, but you don't you don't necessarily regret 
doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like, yeah, you're like, oh, that's cringy. That's something I wish I didn't do. But on the real scheme of things, you're like, well, if if doing that led me to where I am now, then of course I'm glad I did it. Yeah. There's there is so many cringy moments in my life. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Have you had any recently? Uh, not that I can think of. What about even just stuff you put online? Sometimes I put stuff online. I'm like, ugh, gross. Even if I just did it like an hour ago. No, not really. I mean, I have deleted things that I've posted, uh, but I usually don't feel like that about it because I, I usually, at this point, I'm like, I know what I want to post. I know what I don't want to post. I, you know what? I can uh, get cringy sometimes about arguing with people on YouTube, which is why I've really tried to. I don't regret that I do it. I don't think it's cringy to do it. Maybe I will sometime down the road, but sometimes things that I say, I'll be like, I don't like that. And then I'll delete the whole conversation. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, because it'll be like, somebody will make a comment. I'll make a comment back to them, just trying to be witty and also, you know, acknowledge they've said this mean thing to me, but not try to make it a big deal. But then they fire back with something else. So then I fire back. And next thing you know, it's this long thread. And I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. You being able to go back to that comment and delete it is your own little butterfly effect. Yeah, it is. It's powerful. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But um, so I do think that sometimes, and I've tried to make this joke before, and I think this line is okay. I just don't know where to go from there, but that home videos are like time travel for ruined memories. Because, you know, there's that whole expression of rose-colored glasses uh, even that, uh, Paul Simon, you know, uh, uh, John Conley has a song, rose colored glasses, where he's looking at his life with these glasses and everything looks better. Paul Simon has the song Kodachrome where he's like basically saying he remembers things better than they were. And I think that's often how it is. You have a memory and you're like, Oh, I remember that. That was a really happy and fun time. And then you find that time on a home video and you watch it and you go, oh, we don't seem like we're having a good time at all. My dad was yelling at us. My stepmom seemed mad. Were we having fun? Mm. <laughs> you know, but I remember it as fun. But now I go back and watch it and I'm like, ah, that kind of ruins that memory that I had. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're also looking at it from the perspective of an adult and like some of the um, tension <clears throat> that existed at that time. You weren't picking up like you weren't picking up. You know, maybe the microaggressions between your dad and his wife or the disparity of kindness between the way your dad treated your brothers and you like you didn't feel it then. Like maybe subconsciously you did, but like you were still naive and pure. And, you know, so you you were able to just see what you needed to see as a kid and remain, um, you know, innocent. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, I'm also watching another home video. And because uh, I was trying to I was trying to find that Gene Hackman clip to send to Amp uh, so he could put it together. And I saw a, a video of um, my grandmother, my dad's mom. She was in a nursing home by the time my dad had this video camera with Alzheimer's. And uh, but she is still in pretty good form in a lot of these videos as you get 
further along, you're like, oh, this is, it's kind of sad to be videoed. But, you know, this one, she was still in pretty good form. And this was in the early days of my dad having the camera. And so many people reacted weird to my dad with the camera. You'll see them, he'll pop on the camera and they'll go, get that thing out of my face, you know. Um, And I get it. But I'm also like, now when you look back, it's like, oh, my dad really was capturing these people in this time. And a lot of those people we've lost now. Uh, but I was, but he would always go, move around, do something. And so he were in the nursing home with my grandmother sitting there. And he's like, mama, move around, do something. This is a video camera. You ain't doing a lot of moving around. I got this thing going here. And she's like, lifts up her arm. She's like, what? And she lifts up her arm and she's like moving her arms around. And he's like, he's like, there you go. Move around some. And then, but you know, on the contrast, there's my, me and my oldest stepbrother were just like hanging out in the pool, you know, laying on some floats. And my dad comes out with the camera and he goes, let's see some action. I got the camera out here. Let's see some action. And so, all right, my biggest stepbrother gets up and he starts going and jumping off the trampoline. And then I just keep going. He wants some action. He wants some action. It's like, I'm just, and I keep saying it. I say it for so long. And then my dad goes, yeah, but I ain't getting on. And it's just like, but we're like, we are jumping off the, the diving board the whole time. That's when you started working on your stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just so the the video camera thing of that era is so weird because now we're all so used to being videoed. Every one of us are used to being videoed. Yeah, we are. We definitely are. And I mean, I like hanging out with Gen Z because I can pull out my phone mid conversation in front of a 19 year old and they don't think it's rude. They're like, yeah, it's completely normal and, you know, expected that you're going to just dissociate into your phone mid-conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's freedom when I'm with those young guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is freedom. Yeah. We all just want to be in our phone. Every minute of my life is resisting my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Every minute. It's like every minute I'm just trying not to be on my phone. Yeah, like for some reason... Uh, I guess to maybe keep him quiet, Hannah gave her phone to Sam today and he ordered a lift. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, get me out of (laughs) here. True story. I don't even know. I don't, I never order Lyft. I didn't even know Lyft was on my phone. And I kept getting a call from North Carolina and I kept ending the call. I'm like, what is this spam? And then finally I answer it and he's like, Hey Hannah, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I'm like, what? (laughs) He goes, you, yeah. She's like so rude to this guy. Yeah. She's like, what? And, And then he's like, did you order a Lyft? She goes, no, I gave my kid my phone. Maybe he ordered it. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, you mind like just going on your phone and canceling that ride? I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, no problem. <laughs> I've been rude to a lot of people out and about lately. Like not meaning to, but just like having no patience for inconveniences. Yeah. Like not outwardly rude, but not, oh, like I'm not giving people the energy of, oh, that's no problem. Don't worry about it. Like I, and I need to do better than that. Cause I'm not proud of myself given that energy. Um, but it's like the other day I was ordering some smoothies and I had like four and she goes, is there anything else with that? And I said, yeah, could I get a takeout tray pl- with it, please? And she goes, Oh, sorry. We just ran out. It was a really busy morning. I'm like, that's fine. 
And she, she keeps going on. Yeah. Like we got really slammed. I'm like, no problem. And then she just kept talking and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But I'm annoyed, but just, just, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. These things happen, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, sweetheart, no problem. I know how these things are, but I could have just been like, Oh, no problem. But I was also like, that's not who I am right now. Nah, nah, I get that though too. <laughs> I'm the though. kind of like, yeah, that's fine energy right now. Oh, I get that too though. I get that energy on that because it's like, don't give me the, you've been busy, plan for busy, okay? Yeah. You ran out, that's yeah. okay, but don't keep giving me these excuses. Yeah. You ran out, uh, what you could do is you could go, I'm sorry we ran out of trays, but I can help you take it to the car if you'd like. Yeah, but I was just like, offer me a solution. Don't just give me excuses. I spent my That's whole life being Canadian and a girl and a people pleaser with um, some built in traumatic um, energy that now that I'm getting close to 40, I'm just letting it all go, Dusty. Yeah. I'm letting it all go. And I'm just being the shrew that I've always wanted to be. Well, I've never really known this overly polite people pleaser Canadian you refer to. <laughs> I've never really known her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sweet though. Yeah, you are sweet. I'm sweet, as you say, I'm sweet when I want to be. Yeah. And that's how everybody should be. Yeah. You should be sweet when you want to be. And everybody else out here, I mean, everybody's talking trash about everybody else out here. All right. We might be nice to each other's faces, but I'm, I'm, I've become a hundred percent convinced that everybody is talking trash about everybody else, including their closest friends and their family members. So, you know what? Let's give up the pleasantries. (laughs) Admit that we're all a little crazy in America at this junction and just exist i'm not being rude for no reason but i'm not being fake either i'm i don't have the energy well with that scenario i think and i wasn't there but just based on you describing it to me it's like all right okay so it's annoying that you don't have the tray but fine but then when the person keeps explaining it it's like all right all right all right i'm annoyed but i'm being cool here yeah. Don't keep explaining because that annoys me more. And I think that's where I think that's where it is. I mean, I really had to pray for forgiveness because I had like a spiritual awakening at a skincare place last week. Yeah. Where I went oh, in yeah. for tell a, us all about okay. that. Okay. So I have to go in with the kids. Because I wanted to tell this, but I, I wanted to let right. it be you. All right. So I booked a consultation for uh a, fa- a facial which i'm against right but i booked a consultation at a place i'd never been before for a facial now i had to take the kids with me because dusty was in la all week so i take the kids with me i show up at three turns out my appointment's at three thirty. that's my bad but i'm still just annoyed okay <laughs> you're gonna hear that's my bad a lot in this story okay but anyways so i'm like well i guess i'll go get gas <laughs> So I went and got gas and then I came back and I go in for this consultation with this esthetician with the two kids with me. Now I have a seven month old baby and a two and a half year old child and they both behaved real well in there until the end. So I sit down in this kind of lobby area with the esthetician and she's like, well, what can, what questions can I answer for you? And so I'm like, okay, so, and then she goes, shh. And I was shushed. Now listen, I don't know if anyone's ever been shushed out here before, 
But I seriously had a hard time not just standing up like a Karen and just storming out of this place. I was not in the place to be shushed by a lady that I'm potentially giving my money to. First off, I think the Karen thing's out of control. I think standing up for yourself and being called a Karen is absolutely ridiculous. Right. So I basically take 20 seconds to collect myself. And I know a lot of great people named Karen. And I'm stuttering and I'm like, and then some other folks come into this room interrupting our consultation and then, so then the, the, the consultation continues and I cannot get a word in. I've got questions about chemical peels. I've got questions about facials. And this lady wanted to show me she had an abundance of information, but I couldn't get a word in y'all. I just couldn't even take in all the information she was giving me. It was like she had five coffees before she came to work. So then oh, I'm a just, couple of bumps. yeah, then I was just annoyed, but because I'm short on time and I hate researching this kind of stuff that I was like, you know, my friends go to this place. I'm like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and book this, um, facial for this week, for the next week. And so as we're leaving, she helps me carry my, um, kid's car seat to the lobby. And as I'm paying and signing up or whatever, you know, the kids are just afoot. And then I care, I lug the two kids out into the parking lot and I drive off. Now I get home and I think I've lost Daisy's beloved finger family puppets. And I am convinced I must have well, left it at this spa. For the record, it's uh, a Sesame Street. It's, uh, and we have five, uh, we have, well, we have about seven or eight now, but it's little, they go over your little finger and it's a cookie monster, Oscar the Grouch, finger family. She loves yeah. the finger family. And so she's like, so I'm just, I'm just so annoyed at this place again. Again, that's my bad that I lost my kid's toy, but it happened in and around this spa, okay? So I call them the next morning. I'm like, do you guys find this toy? No, they didn't find it. No, they didn't find it. I end up driving there later in the day. No, they didn't find it. They didn't find anything. And I'm like, it's not at the house. I carried in my kids directly from the truck. We didn't go anywhere else. It has to be at this spa. No, no, no. So I'm annoyed. I give it a day. And then sure enough, I do find the finger family in our house again. <laughs> this is my bad. I mean, okay? She called me. I mean, this was, this was kind of crisis mode. She ordered another one on Amazon. They're, I ordered two. It's not an expensive toy. She ordered it and I went on Amazon and I was looking up other finger families. I mean, I was trying to find the purse that she likes to carry them in. I mean, we were trying to replace this whole thing. It was a crisis. And so I started praying. And I was ashamed because I was giving these ladies as I'm calling them some, you know, energy. Not, I wasn't being outright rude, but I was definitely being an annoyed lady to these women that claimed that they didn't have the finger family and they didn't have it. But, you know, I was just being difficult mm. for no real reason. And it was my bad. But it, but it also, I think in your situation, I think this is what happens is you lose something. And depending on how they react to you. If they just very dismissively say, nah, we don't have it, then you're like, I don't believe you looked. Yeah. Like you're saying you don't have it because it's not around you, but I don't believe you looked. Like the other day, Hannah lost her, she, she had a, her grandmother's pearl necklace. Now this is a, an old family heirloom type thing that her dad gave her. And she was wearing it and she lost it. 
It fell off in the grocery store. It she just lost fell it. Off. She lost it. And the only place that we had been was the grocery store that day. So I called the grocery store and I asked them, did they have a necklace? And they kept being like, nah, we don't have a necklace here. We don't have a necklace here. And I go, it's a small pearl necklace. Pink. And they go, oh, yeah, I think I have that right here. It's broken. And I'm like, well, yeah. But that's what, that's, and they were very nice. Yeah. And we went and got it. And But I'm saying, the lady was like. She was trying to help. She was trying to help, but she was like, I don't have it. I don't have yeah. it. It took me really describing what it was for her to be like, oh, I got it. So when you when you call somebody and you go, hey, do you have this? And they go, no, nah, we don't have it. It's like, it's like, you're frustrating me because I don't think you looked. I don't think you're trying to help. Right. So at this point, you know, I've just getting this, this negative experience at this spa. And again, all of the things thus far that have happened uh, are basically my fault. Like they haven't given me bad service, screwed me over, done bad work. It's been all my own mishaps they surrounding it. They did shush it. you though. They did shush me. Okay. So I start praying to God and I said, God, if I shouldn't go to this place to get a facial, stop me. Okay. All right, so I was supposed to have my facial today as we're recording this podcast. It's the following week. It's Wednesday. But last night at dinner, they call me and they're like, hey, Hannah. Okay, so we have you down um, at 530 for this appointment. Are you, got, are you on your way? And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we have you down for your facial. I was like, oh, I thought that was on Wednesday. And they're like, nope, it was on Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not on my way and we'll just have to cancel. And then we ended up sending my esthetician some money for her trouble um, just because, you know, she would have showed up for work, but I'm not going to go to this place now because of all the bad vibes around it. And again, me missing my appointment, my bad. But at, at this point for me, cause my, the esthetician's like, well, let's reschedule. Let's get you in. But at this point, so many negative things have happened in and around this spa that I feel like it would be for lack of a better explanation, bad karma to just continue going to this place that I I, that turns me into an absolute mess, an absolute hot mess of a mom that cannot keep my crap together. And I'm like, this place is bad vibes for me. I cannot function around this place. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah. I got to go pee. Yeah. I, uh, okay. Well, all right. Mic drop moment there. She just really lays it down and then says, I have to go pee. But um, yeah, I mean, well, I agree. I mean, pe places like that frustrate me. Places in general frustrate me, and um, sometimes it can be hard out here. It's like we all want to uh, walk around in this zen-like state, realizing that everybody out here is just going through something, and it's a struggle for everybody. We all want to walk around in linen clothing like there's a fresh breeze blowing on us at all time and that no matter what happens in the world that we're going to just, it's going to brush right off our shoulders and we're going to go, hey, it's all okay. But the truth is, it's stressful out here. Uh, I mean, in some ways... Um, I'm more stressed now that I'm in a better financial state and that I have a better uh, job that I enjoy than I was sometimes strolling into a Lowe's store hungover uh, with a dip in my mouth uh, going to stock some pesticides. You know, it's like 
Uh, knowing that I got no money in my bank account, I can't wait to get paid because I've been blowing it all in the bar. Um, some ways there was less stress then. So it's like, you know, um, but it's like the reality is it's stressful out here. Uh, and, and I do try to keep in mind that, um, you know, um, that, you know, everybody is out here just trying to work. But sometimes you go to these customer service oriented places and it doesn't feel like they're trying to work. It doesn't feel like they're trying to help you. It doesn't feel like they care. Like uh, when I flew to Dayton, Ohio, I had a real issue. I was flying from New York City to Dayton, Ohio, and my flight took off so late that I'm sitting on the plane and I can see that I'm going to miss my connection. And I think, well, even if I don't, even if I do make the connection, there's no way my checked bag is going to make it to this plane. So even my app on my phone is recommending that I change my flight. And then the other flight to Dayton is so far away uh, that I'm going to be barely making the show. But I see that I can fly to Cincinnati instead of Dayton, and then it's a short drive from Cincinnati to Dayton. My my feature, Will O'Donnell, offers to pick me up. So I say, okay, great. So I make the change. So then I fly to, you know, wherever I connect. I think I fly to Charlotte and connect in Charlotte. And I'm just hanging out there for a couple of hours waiting to go get on this flight to Cincinnati. So I do that. I fly to Cincinnati. And then... Um, um, when I land in Cincinnati, they tell me that my bag ended up going to Dayton. So now I'm like, so now it's a real hassle because the airport is on the other side of Dayton from where I need to go. So now I've made all these arrangements to try to make this flight. And the thing that I was worried about that my bag wouldn't make the flight, the bag actually did make the flight. I probably could have made the flight and been chilling in Dayton hours before my show. But instead, it's an, a runaround. And I'm talking to this lady and I'm so mad at this lady who's calling me about it, even though I know it's not her fault. And I... I just, and I, I set up delivery for the bag and I just fuss at this lady for, for 15 minutes. It's it, sad because sometimes you, you do just need someone to take it out on. Yeah. It's so sad, but like, I feel like that a lot sometimes. Like I just need to vent. Yeah. And that's what I said to her. I go, I know this is not your fault, but I'm like, no one cares. No one cares that this has happened to me. And it's like, is it the end of the world? Of course, it's not the end of the world. But I'm flying to Dayton. I got two shows I got to do. Uh, they're sold out shows. I got my toothbrush and my 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 bath stuff, my my fresh clean underwear, my socks, my, my uh, you know, just a change of closing to do the show. I got nothing. So it's like, it is frustrating. Obviously, it's not the end of the world. And I just get so mad. And then, um, and then we hang up the phone. As far as I know, the bag will be delivered sometime that night. But Will O'Donnell, the, the sweet man that he is, offers to drive me to the Dayton airport to get that bag. So I go, and there's one lady working the baggage thing. And I walk in, and I, and I, I walk in basically hat in hand because I feel bad. Now I see this small, sweet-looking girl working there that I've probably 
been yelling at on the phone, not yelling, but fussing at her. And I go, I walk in and I go, she goes, can I help you? And I go, hey, how are you? She goes, Dustin Slay. And I go, oh, geez. It's so clear that she could tell who I was by my voice. And she goes, and Dustin, Dustin is my code name. And uh, she goes, uh, yeah, I've already sent your bag to be delivered out, but let me go get it for you. So she goes in the back and gets it. And I'm so apologetic to her. And, uh, and she goes, don't worry. I tried to tip her. She refused to take the tip and she goes, you know, and she was very nice and I was so apologetic. And she goes, I do care by the way. And I go, oh, geez, Mm -hmm. I just felt so bad. I was like, this, this, this girl's just working this dang job that she probably doesn't even like all that much. And here I am flying to do comedy i'm doing my dream job out here and i'm yelling at this poor girl because she's something that she had nothing to do with happened she's just calling to let me know it happened yeah you got checked yeah you got checked in your heart on it and and you should that's 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 the that's grace that's angels coming in and saying we're gonna help you it's gonna be okay but you also should feel ashamed right now and i still feel ashamed right that's a cringe moment that is a cringe moment yeah a recent cringe moment yes yeah yeah and i feel the same way like you know i believe that everybody has different talents and you know you can be a smart person academically you could be a good businessman but there's also just like social skill talents patience um being measured um being great under stress and I think you're pretty good at, at, at those, like ge- generally speaking, but obviously you get triggered in different environments like the airport, right? Or, or if stress just piles up on you, then you're, you're more likely to get hot. It was a highly stressful time for me. I had yeah. been like, on, I mean, I'm still on the go pretty hard right now, but it was like, that was like, I was on the go big time. Yeah. And I mean, like for me, I am just, I have not been given the gift of patience um and i i you know i don't know i I think i'm calm in some situations but gosh i get overwhelmed sometimes you know and it's just it's so hard for me to keep it together and to you know be a reflection of the glory of god when you are in a place of frustration and i you know i pray about that because i feel ashamed at the whole situation at the spa like if they were ever going to prompt me like why don't you just rebook i'd have to explain that whole story and they'd be like well all that's your fault i'm like i know but spiritually speaking i just feel like your spa is now off bounds for me whatever (laughs) that spa is is really not good for me yeah you know and i think uh, too in a way the airport situation for me was also like a pride check because I I felt like I was like, I really did these, I did this booking finagling stuff where I was like, oh, my flight's going to be delayed and I'm going to work this. I'm going to fly to Cincinnati, have someone come pick me up. And, and I just felt like, I felt like, yeah, you know, like I you really- You know what you're doing. Yeah, I really worked it. All these other people out here, they don't know how to work it like me. I worked it. Yeah. And my working it- Rather than just going with the flow and trusting that I would make my flight, my work in it 
is what put me in that spot. Got you in a pickle. Yeah, it was a bit of a finagling, and I am still proud of it, but uh, I got mm-hmm. checked for my pride. Yeah, I mean, you know, the wisdom of men makes them foolish. Something yeah. like that. That's a scripture in the Bible. And there also is um, something you had said about C.S. Lewis one time where, uh, you know, because people are real quick to do this. They love to do this. This is a favorite of people. Now, non-Christians do it, I think, the most, but Christians will also do it where they'll go, if you get mad at someone, they'll go, oh, that's real Christian-like of you. And it's like, and it was something you said, like, if a person has uh, Jesus in their life, but they still have anger issues, it's like, imagine how angry they would be without Jesus. And if someone doesn't have anger issues, you know, it's like, well, imagine how good they could be with Jesus. Right. That sort of thing. And I think that uh, is very true because it's like people have, I think also we have all these different gifts that oftentimes we're, we're shoved into this new world type of society where it's like where someone's anger might have made them a great uh, soldier or protector of a village or someone, you know, you might are, are supposed to be designed to be getting in the dirt, working in the field, but instead you're shoved in an office job, working under fluorescent light bulbs all day, messing up your circadian rhythm or whatever that term is. And, and, and so you're all messed up. We're all stressed out. We're not grounded. We're walking on rubber shoes. We never talk, touch, we never touch the earth. Uh, we have electricity shining in our face all the time. We're whole holding uh, a cell phone in our pocket, bringing in some kind of radiation, uh, maybe a low level, but what's a good level of radiation to have coming into your body? I would say none. Right. And even just the, the speed at which we move. I mean, the fact that we can get in a car and travel 10 miles in 15 minutes yeah. is obscene. Like, yes. is it even natural for your body to to have that kind of velocity? And we're just bloop, 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 bloop. You know, you, you, you drive from dang Nashville to Ohio in uh, an afternoon and you're yeah. just there. I mean, people couldn't make those types of trips back in the day. They, they stayed in one place. But now we're constantly moving. I think about that all the time with flying. My, my grandfather, who was born in 1900, my dad would tell me that when he was a kid, him and his dad would get in a, because they didn't have a truck. I think his mom had a car, but he didn't have a truck. So when he needed to get things for the farm uh, from town, they would get on a horse-drawn buggy and take it to town um, and load up, you know, feed and stuff like that, and then go back home. Like a horse and buggy they would ride. And then here I am two generations later, I'm willy-nilly every weekend flying to L.A., flying to, you know, Milwaukee, flying to here, flying to there. It's like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Two generations, and I'm like, I'm a flying machine out here, and I don't think it's good for my body. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Anytime you go up to those mountains, you always come back extremely, like, bloated and agitated. Yeah. Burping. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's like, you know, when I was working the road, I had just got my driver's license. I was 31. Boom. I moved to America and I'm just traveling the great American interstate system, going from Nashville to Michigan to the Midwest, down to Florida all the time. My legs started twitching. My eyes started twitching. I had an eye twitch for two years, two years. Now that might sound stupid that I'm pointing that out, but why was my eye? Cause I was living in this insane travel log way. Yeah. You know, my body wasn't ready to get sleep and yeah, I was drinking too much coffee, obviously, but it's just like, it was just, it was just no way to exist. My body was reacting against the movement that I was following. It was just insane. And then finally I just get off the road and my mind has a breakdown as well, followed by a mental breakdown. And then I finally pull myself together during the pandemic and have a couple kids like you should. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why, I mean, I always think that about you. I mean, having kids, I think was, I mean, I, I, although they bring their own stresses, I feel like it, uh, it was a big help to you. Yeah. We said this today, like, you know, being a housekeeper and a mom still fulfills my desire to be working nonstop and like, you know, not I don't like to sit down and rest. So I like to go, 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 go. So, you know, cleaning the house, cooking dinner, you know, attending to the bills or any kind of, you know, minutiae that we got to get to. And then, you know, on top of all that, minding kids and all that, it's like, there's no rest. I mean, it's just constantly something to be done. And I'm like, this is how I like to exist. Yeah. I don't like to sit in my thoughts. Yeah. Well, I would like to uh, switch gears a little bit. I'd like to, speaking of flying, I would like to talk about my trip to L.A. that okay. I took. Um, because I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I do want to talk about it. It was really fun. Last week, I got to fly out. Now, I don't really like going to L.A. It's not that I hate L.A. It's just that it's the traffic is insane. I had the first day I was there, I, you know, I landed in L.A. And I, I you know, I complained about you know, you have to get on a shuttle to go to the Uber lot. And then when you get to the Uber lot, then catch an Uber. And it was raining the whole time I was there, which, you know, is weird for LA. It seems to rain a lot when I'm there, even though they tell me it never rains. Um, but it was raining unusually, uh, I don't know, an unusual amount for LA. And uh, so then I get in the Uber and I get to my hotel and then I go to sleep. And the next morning, I go to do my first podcast and the Uber from the airport to wherever I'm going, I don't know, seven miles, 10 miles, 50 minutes in the backseat of an Uber. And I'm like, dang near car sick by the time I get to where I'm going. I got out and I stood on the sidewalk and I grabbed a tree because I, I feel like that you can ground by holding a tree. I feel like when I'm holding a tree, I'm still connecting to the earth, even though I'm wearing rubber shoes, but I feel like somehow holding that tree, I'm like a real tree hugger out here now. I feel like holding that tree pulls this negative energy out of me and it felt good. And I'm about to do Neil Brennan's podcast and I believe it's called Blocks. And I've never met Neil Brennan that I know of. But when my half hour came out on Netflix, he reached out to me and had very nice things to say, even shared a joke of mine that he really likes, which is one of my country music jokes. Uh, he's not a country music fan, but he liked that joke. And then uh, when my hour came out, he reached out to me again and said, very funny. 
and uh, he invited me to do his podcast. And so we did it. And I don't know when it comes out, but I thought it was a very like thoughtful podcast and we had a good time. I don't know how funny it is, but I like that in a podcast. I don't think that this podcast is so hilarious all the time. And I like that because I feel like everything gets so jokey all the time that I'm like, it's nice to just have some real conversations. And I think the people that listen to this podcast and our and our listeners are going up. It is always increasing. Um but I, I've always liked this podcast the way it is. Some people want me to put the full video online, and I know that I'm, um, I know that I'm supposed to be talking about Neil Brennan's thing. Let me get back to it. But I, I the reason I don't, I don't like the idea of the full video being online is that I like that this podcast feels like kind of like a secret find. Like it's not out there everywhere. And if you find it, then you're like, you really get into what's going on with me and, and, and Hannah and not, uh, it's not so out there. And also there are people in my life that probably would watch the full podcast if it were, if it were on video, but they're not necessarily just podcast listeners. So I feel like, you know, we can get away with saying some stuff here and there that we may not be able to if it were on a video, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I like it. That's what I like about it. And then we can share our own clips. So I do, but I'm doing Neil Brennan's podcast. It was really great. We got to hang. I felt like he, he is such a nice guy. And, you know, back in the day when me and my buddies were watching the Chappelle show, uh, you know, my, I remember my buddy being like, can you believe the guy, his writing partner's a white dude, you know, and we found out it was this Neil Brennan guy. And, uh, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. It's really fun to see something that I enjoyed, you know, 20 years or so ago. Now I'm hanging out with, you know, one of the main writers of that show. And I also think he's a good comic. And uh, I just like that I was on there and he was very nice to me. Um, So that was fun. And then I left there and I went and did uh, a Netflix uh, show with Fortune Feimster and Tom Papa. I've done their show before. I've worked with both of them on the road. They're both incredibly nice people. That was really fun. And, you know, a lady that uh, books stuff for Netflix, very behind the scenes lady, booked me on my very first fancy uh, comedy festival, uh, the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland. She was one of those bookers. And she's been helpful to me all along the way. Um, and I don't know. She seems very behind the scenes. I don't know that she would even want me to say her name. But uh, she's been very nice to me. And so then I did some kind of other Netflix things for Sirius XM and uh, Brian um, Simpson's mm-hmm. podcast. Even though Brian Simpson wasn't there, I don't actually understand how they do it. But I just tell a couple of stories and then Brian Simpson reacts to it later. Uh, and then I uh, went on to do Adam Carolla's podcast. Hannah told me once, and I, I feel like it was you that said it, Adam Carolla was kind of the original podcaster. He, he went from radio to podcasting very early on. And uh, it was exciting to meet him and hang with him. He was very nice to me. I like to say when people are nice to me, most of the time, everyone is. I don't necessarily ever say when someone's not nice to me, but when they are nice to me, I like to let it be known. I mean, these people said you're welcome back anytime. And, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm just a, a good old Southern man that lives in Nashville, Tennessee. And I pop into New York and LA once in a while to do fun things. And, 
It's nice when people treat me well. Um, Tom Petty has a song about California. He said, California's been good to me. Waylon Jennings has a song about um, uh, liking California. Anyway, so then the next day, I go on and I do uh, morning TV in L.A. Good Day L.A. is what it's called. And I've shared a clip of that on Instagram where the lady said, there's a Japanese saying where I come from and, uh, you know, and then I have a joke about it and then it's very fun on my Instagram. There'll be more clips from that to come, but also very nice to me, you know, and if it's like, this is morning TV, I do a lot of morning TV, but somehow morning TV in LA feels cool, you know? Uh, and so I was very excited to do that. And then I went on and did a TV show called After Midnight, where Taylor Tomlinson is hosting that now. Uh, the, t- the show, it's kind of a play off the show at midnight, which I think was Joel McHale. Was that no, who hosted? No, Chris. Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I get those confused, but Chris Hardwick. And, um, and I always wanted to do that show, but I was too, I, I was doing comedy but too young in comedy. And as much as I wanted to do it, I thought that will never happen. So it's fun that I did get to do it in a way. And then I don't know if you've watched it. It airs on, it's on Paramount Plus. If you have YouTube TV, you can go back and watch it. Uh, But anyway, it's a game show and I won. And uh, it was- uh, Congratulations. Thank you. That sounds like you were really winning in LA. I was winning. While I was losing in Nashville at this ball. Well, what's nice about what's happening is that now that I have a Netflix hour that has performed well, that I'm very proud of, that people are watching and liking and enjoying, which is all I want out of comedy. That's all I ever want is for people to just enjoy what I'm doing. And uh, I feel like it's given me a new confidence, right? Where I walk into these places and I'm like... I belong, you know, I belong here. Not I belong here in a sense it's like this is where I belong. But I mean, I don't necessarily, even though they're, they are doing me a favor and letting me on their podcast, uh, I don't feel like they're necessarily doing me a favor, right? It's like now I feel like an accomplished comedian that they want to have on their podcast. It's not be going, hey, man, let me be on your podcast, it's like, you know, they're inviting me to be on mm-hmm. and it feels good. And the same for the game show. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I can't believe I'm on this. It feels like. Yeah, it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. And then I flew to Milwaukee from there. I flew to the Milwaukee Improv where I did four sold out shows. I did five shows. One of them was not sold out. But I remember in 2021, I believe, I went there with Aaron Weber. Me and him did it. And. I didn't sell such few tickets, but I would say the shows were about half full all weekend. And I thought, well, I'll never sell this place out. So 400 seat club. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'll never sell this club out. And I sold out four of the five shows and it was a really great weekend. I really appreciate everybody that came out. Uh, people brought me nice gifts. I meant to take a couple of them on Nate land and show those off. But, uh, uh, a little girl bought a chicken and named it Dusty Slay and uh, brought me a picture of the chicken. Well, she didn't bring me. Her parents brought me a picture of the chicken. And another little girl drew a picture of me that she wanted to give to me. Um, 
and I got various other gifts, and they were very nice to me. Uh, I got uh, this T-shirt here is from Nuga Nugs in Chattanooga. Apparently, they're selling weed now, and they've sent me a bunch of the products. I've not tried it because I'm not doing weed right now. And then another place uh, called, um, uh, well, I didn't put it over here. I don't know what I did with the sticker. It's right there. It's called Mad Fishing. Uh, yeah, Mad Fishing. I don't really know what it is, but they sent me some nice hats and they got a cool logo. They didn't send any information along with it. So I don't know, but I appreciate that. And then this weekend, I'm going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Brick City. I've not been to Tulsa in a long time. Very excited about it. Tulsa's one of my favorite cities. Uh, not even necessarily that I've done fun things in Tulsa, but the idea of Tulsa, and there's a lot of music that I like from there. I feel like Leon Russell's from there, Don Williams, J.J. Cale, um, um, Woody Guthrie. Uh, a lot of people are from Tulsa, and it just feels like a great, cool city. Mm. And I'm excited to be going back. Living on Tulsa time. Yeah, that's a Don Williams classic. It sure is. And uh, so it's very exciting. I think that covers everything we wanted to cover. Mm -hmm. And we got to rescue our daughter from the TV taking over her life. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We're having a good time. Mm -hmm.